When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host, Yas Thakur. And today I'm joined by Kanita again to discuss Real Madrid's game against Levante Las Planas. Another team, another newly promoted side, uh, and we'll we'll break down the game. We'll look at top performers. We'll look at some interesting tactical bits that took place during the game. But before that, how are you doing, Kanita? So I am actually happy for the win. Uh, I'm a bit annoyed, uh, but yeah. As she mentioned, we won four-one against uh, Levante Las Planas. Uh, it was an away game. Another victory, uh, but there are a couple of talking points again. There are a couple of points that uh, are of concern, maybe, and there are a couple of points that needs debating or that are up for discussion. So let's let's get into it. And uh, just a heads up for everyone listening: uh, this podcast will be a quick one, uh, rather, due to some uh, personal reasons. I uh, like I have to be somewhere. Uh, so I do. I haven't had the time to like rewatch the game, uh, but I have my notes with me, and uh, so yeah, uh, we'll do our best to give you the detailed, as detailed analysis as possible. But just bear with us for this one one podcast. So yeah, let's get into the game. With that aside, let's get into the game and first look at the lineups for the game. So Real Madrid lined up in a four-two-three-one, uh, a switch back to a back four after like starting and doing a possibly a very successful experiment with a back three in the previous game that yielded a pretty good result and and answered some of our long standing issues as well uh, but we were back to a back four and uh, the lineup was Misa in goal Lucia starting at right back uh, Kathleen Sousa and Rocio as the center back Olga as the left back Zornosa and Tere uh, as the double pivot and Athenea Weir and Feller right behind Esther uh, as our attack. So looking at the lineup uh, on the first look I don't think like there is much uh, to probably complain because all the players here are possibly like 
I mean, you can't make a case for most of them. Uh, like you can't make a case against most of them. Uh, you can probably like say maybe Naikari could have started. Maybe like she could have got a game because the next uh, week or so is going to be very tough for us because we have three very big games coming back to back with with very little rest in between so there will be need of rotation and maybe if like Esther is up in uh, up in the hierarchy for for us maybe Naikari could have started this but apart from that I don't think like uh, there is any complaint to be done because Feller deserves her spot after her performance in the previous game we need to get Athena up to speed after managing her minutes due to that micro tear worry where is just where and like the rest of the team almost picks themselves up maybe you can make a case that maybe Ivana could have started in place of Susa after some of uh, her recent performances but uh, as we have mentioned on this pod before there's some background stuff going on uh, that uh, that is probably in play here uh, regarding Ivana's selection but apart from that I don't really have many complaints about the lineup I think this lineup had enough to cause problems to uh, to Levante Las Planas and get us away with a win so uh, I'll hand it over to you what were your thoughts when you initially saw the lineup I mean yeah so we commented the last time uh, about the uh, 3-5-2 formation with free at the back and things like that and I also mentioned that uh, that we might go back to 4 in the back for this game solely because um, we weren't really uh, aware of you know, Levante, um, Las Planas, you know, personally, because we never played against them before. So, I wasn't really that surprised to have the four, four in the back again. Um, I was, like, uh, sighing, like, oh, no. <laughs> again, more plain, boring football or something like that. But, um, uh, I don't know, so- sometimes it's good to have boring football honestly um but yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't really complaining um i was i i I said i expected it and yeah you already said it about the attack i I was actually i was actually very surprised to see uh two wingers starting again uh like uh, two times in a row, uh, which is very weird, especially in the league, to see like uh, having two wingers starting twice in a row. That's very weird because he tends to put, I don't know, Weir or Maite on the wing. Uh, and yeah, now we have kind of this kind of a continuity. So that's good. That's good. And yeah, I mean, same old story with Naikari. So. Yeah, so good that you mentioned two wingers, but two very uh, different sort of wingers, and we'll get into that. We'll get how uh, how like deploying Feller out wide in the way that we use our wingers is is maybe like a little suboptimal because uh, like Torrell always asks asks his winger to be like really wide, you know, hugging the touchline and stuff, and that isn't really. Uh, that doesn't play it its hands into like the way Feller wants to operate, but we'll we'll get into that. So 
not many complaints about the lineup obviously uh, we get started with the game and initially we start very brightly like within like first one two three i think i think within the first 90 seconds we have two chances uh, like Esther is tried to play in behind first and then she is found with a cross by Olga from the left hand side uh, so it, it looked like we meant business we wanted to like hurt the opposition early that is what we did in the previous game and that completely unraveled the opposition's uh, game plan it completely undid them whatever they had uh, came out thinking it it was just completely opposite and we wanted to like uh, capitalize early on to build uh, on that pressure again in this game it felt like so that is what happened like initially after those uh, two chances in 90 seconds uh, I think like two half chances uh, in 90 seconds uh, we score our first goal in the in the fifth minute uh, and it, it comes from a defensive error on on their end uh, so so the goal happens with Olga playing a, a ball a lofted ball in behind for Feller to run on to uh, and Feller is chasing the ball but there are two defenders ahead of her and this I think there's just this sort of very poor communication between the uh, defenders and the goalkeeper about who is uh, closing down the ball and who is coming out to get the ball and within that sort of miscommunication Feller capitalizes she races away from them and reaches the ball first playing a very neat cutback for Esther uh, near the penalty spot and Esther makes no mistake and it's goal one uh, for Real Madrid and Levante Las Planas find themselves on the back foot very quickly in the game Levante Las Planas haven't had the best of the forms coming into this game like it it was their f it, they have been on a on a run of six games without a win with five straight losses in them and they have conceded like 16 goals in those five games so like defensively they haven't been the best they, they do some bits uh, in their offense and the way they play that are quite interesting uh, like we mentioned in the previous uh, pod as well like uh, the team upcoming it has has uh, certain bits that that they do that are very tidy but defensively they haven't been great uh, this season and and it showed the lack of communication the la that there was hesitation between the defenders to about who was closing down whom and who is getting the ball and that uh, like that was their undoing uh, initially uh, despite like starting in a 5-4-1 formation uh, the communication in the back line was pretty poor so uh, that was the first goal like it came very early on what did you think of it what did you make of the first goal apart from like the big mistake or were there anything else that you were able to notice or any comments on the first goal yeah I mean the the main point I got from it, like, it's obviously a um, great run from Fela, and then uh, major defensive error, like, as soon as I saw Fela uh, running through um, and, like, running uh, into the box, and I saw Esther pretty much open there, and I said, oh, yeah, this is a major defensive error, like, they left Esther pretty much open, she was, the goal for her was pretty much, you know, there, and I mean, happened. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that it was very uh, quick and effective. Um, because I don't know if yeah, I don't think that before that, uh, actually, 
definitely before that we didn't have like a major major chance especially and like you know scoring in our first chance in the first minutes good very refreshing um it's very good to have some games start off you know being relaxed a bit you know we started the last game too this way and yeah i think i think it's a good change a bit so that was the first goal uh, again we have scored very early on and this like gives us the momentum to then go on and probably hurt the opposition even more uh, after like rattling them so early on so up like after that the next i think uh, any sort of significant chance comes for us in the 23rd minute which is another cutback opportunity where tere just blast her shot uh, over over the bar and it's it's a cutback from the from the right hand side this time uh, by veer uh, who has been like played through by uh, esther so uh, we have like two two sequences inside the first quarter of the uh, first quarter of the game where like cutbacks have resulted in good opportunities and i think initially 25 20 25 minutes we looked uh, like really lively uh, atenea was taking on uh, her markers she was carrying the ball she like her she was displaying her tidy footwork and stuff so uh, it looked like we we would capitalize and we would score again uh before the end of end of the second uh, end of the first half uh, sorry uh and this this chance in the 23rd minute highlighted one another thing for me which was like uh, the late runs that tere has been making from deep uh, in the last few games or like that has been a part of her game uh, for a while now if when she whenever she's playing as the deepest midfielder she has this knack of uh, identifying her moments and timing her runs brilliantly into the vacant space in front of the defense uh, to just receive these sort of cutbacks or these sort of layoffs from other players so from where she can like display her uh, excellent uh, shot from range uh, and it didn't come off this time but you could see the idea was there and uh, that is what we have been trying to do like uh, utilize try to find her in space in front of defense and utilize her long range uh, shot ability uh, before we like move any further let's just talk about the setup from both teams and how levante las planas meant to play and what they were doing uh, with and without the ball and how that affected the way we were playing because like initially like 20 25 minutes i said we did look better we did look good but uh, soon like it it became a bit mundane what we were trying to do and that has been always uh, the case when we are trying to play against a settled block and uh, and that has been a standing issue for us so levante las planas were set up in a 5-4-1 initially against against the block and they were they were very compact they were blocking the central channels and uh the one player uh, that was playing a striker was rita chikwelu in the in the first half uh, so she was constant they weren't pressing us high uh, rita chikwelu was uh, like following and closing down the lane to teresa like she was closely monitoring her so teresa was off the of the options uh, when we were trying to build up from the, uh, from the back uh, 
so what that what that did for us was we were constantly forced to go out wide or side by side without actually managing to get any sort of central uh, penetration because even though we had like two bodies in between the line in the attacking third with Zornosa and uh, Caroline Weir we weren't able to get uh, get to them through the middle of the pitch because uh, uh, Levante Las Planas had their striker on our defensive midfielder so our defensive midfielder was out of the game when in the first phase of, of build up so that was what they were trying to do and in turn what we tried to counter it was we tried to make the pitch as big as possible we tried to stretch out wide and that like for a bit it resulted in a sort of this u-shape where we are just passing sideways without any uh, real penetration uh, because it's you know it's it's difficult to uh, play against a line of five and four especially when they are compact as well it's it's very difficult to find space through the middle so uh, i don't know like maybe going back five would have helped we, we would have matched them for for their formation and uh, we have the technical superiority in 1v1 situation so maybe we could have like countered that with a with a back five here but that's like anyone's guess now on paper it makes sense maybe we could have matched them and maybe we could have uh, gone with a back three and attacked uh, better with our wide players but it wasn't the case uh, playing with a back four did like did not help in that in that regard in my opinion like uh, we weren't able to create many like very good chances up until that 23rd minute mark we did look lively uh, on an individual basis we did look like we will score but uh, the quality of chances and the number of chances that we were able to create uh, inside those first quarter of the uh, of the game wasn't of really that high qu uh, quality for me so that was basically the uh, idea uh, behind what Levante Las Planas were doing against the ball and what we were trying to do on the on the ball. It's, it was very like straightforward. We weren't trying like many fancy things with one of the wingers like coming in or anything. Uh, Feller still uh, stuck out wide towards the and hugging the touchline, which is how we like to use uh, most of our wingers most of the times. So that was that and like there wasn't much like uh, tactical innovation in terms of uh, our instructions to be fair like Toril did uh, the experiment a pretty good one in the last game but he went back to basics for this one uh, and that was that basically so in the when that happens uh, and as I mentioned like up until that point it felt like if if the goal is coming it's going to be us not because like we were extremely threatening with many box entries but like Levante Las Planas weren't able to get uh, to do that much because even though like they had a couple of uh, individual good moments from their forwards it wasn't like a collective uh, effort and it uh, at the end of the day they got outnumbered whenever they managed to enter the final third and lost the possession so it, it felt like if, if there was anyone that is going to score it's probably us so uh, in the 33rd minute that happens again Esther it's Esther again who scores and this time it's a brilliant uh, very good ball from uh, Lucia Rodriguez from the right half space 
she perfectly like plays a very well timed ball towards the far post which curls just enough to reach the far post and esther who has who, who like from the initial 90 seconds uh, on she looked like she wanted to score today and not just once like multiple times inside the 90 seconds she got uh, she made very good runs to get on the to like offer an option in behind and maybe like uh and receive beyond the receiving end of a cross so it felt like this was going to be her her night she made a statement early on by scoring inside the 5 minutes and then in the 33rd minute she is again there very good movements at the far post separating herself and getting on the receiving end of the uh, cross by lucia it's a low cross very good ball uh, sort of almost like a de bruyne sort of cross from that right half space very good ball and esther again makes no mistake and it's 2-0 real madrid levante las planas uh, have again conceded and it's 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 looking like it's going to be another one of those game where we score like five goals and amp up our uh, goal difference and xg difference uh, based on uh, what we were seeing so far so I, i'll stop for a bit because i've been speaking for a very long time and i'll let kanita uh, share her thoughts about what she felt uh, in terms of las planas's uh, setup or the second goal in general what she thought about uh lucia in that goal and what she thought about esther uh, so far in the in the first half well you said it pretty much about the setup and i actually uh i actually want to add something onto that uh you know not trying uh crazy things with our wingers uh because it's uh it's truly a huge change not to see uh especially atenea uh you know trying many many crosses um uh, because i think that in the first half she did like one and it was like right uh from the goal line like she was um she was uh fighting with the, the with the defender and ultimately she did win that fight uh because she managed to send the cross in but um uh Dotic uh, okay the goalkeeper got it there um she also tried once to go past like make make an auto pass once but uh, that ended up uh with Lucia trying to help her and then colliding with her so yeah basically it's pretty much the only time i saw uh Atenea trying to cross in um so yeah that's definitely the case <laughs> like a huge change with the with how we approached our game with uh, from the wings um and yeah so about the second goal uh, i mean it was a pretty <laughs> straightforward uh, i mean lucia saw that opening i mean it was a very very good uh, kind of a curveball and um she can like she can make process we've seen her we uh but i did not expect her to do that pass uh it was uh very well seen uh and i think um that after not receiving minutes for a while um that she uh showed today um not just with the assist i think she's pretty she's been pretty decent today uh, and 
Yeah, I'm glad she got that assist. It was a great assist. And it, when Esther got that ball, I mean, it was just um, pretty easy for Esther. For, for Esther, you know, uh, maybe not. It wouldn't be for someone else, but yeah. And it was a goal. Uh, again, it was still a bit of a holes uh, in the Levantel Spawner's defense. <laughs> obviously. But maybe maybe she uh, Lucia also made it look too easy. Maybe it's a mixture of both factors. Uh, it probably is. <laughs> uh, because uh, I haven't re uh, I haven't really rewatched the game. I mean, uh, neither of us did. We didn't have the time, but um, yeah. Pretty much it. So that was the second goal. Now, Real Madrid have a two-goal cushion. And like from this point on, one would expect for a team that wants to be on the top and that wants to like dominate games and stuff, that we just kill the game here. We just keep the ball. We just like keep the possession, control the game and just completely flatten the opposition by, by doing so. But in the 39th minute, uh, Esther jumps into a challenge. Uh, and this is an away game, right? This is uh, like if you watch the game, the stadium, uh, if, if you could watch the game, you would see that the stadium is uh, located like right besides uh, apartments and stuff. And it, it was like they had a lot of fans as well inside inside the stadium. So by the touchline, Esther like just jumps into a challenge, nowhere close to the ball, and that generates uh, a sort of response from the crowd, and the crowd gets behind the team, and things uh, from that point on like start to heat up. Like we see uh, Esther getting a sort of uh, reaction from the crowd. She she got carded for that for that challenge, which which was a pretty poor challenge, not well timed at all. It didn't uh, like hurt the player, but uh, it was like a bit reckless with the way she jumped uh, ahead of between the player and the ball. So that was that. And at that point, my first thought was, we are letting it slip away from us. Like we are instead of like trying to hold this game by the scruff of its neck, we are letting it slip away a bit which i'm not a big fan of i have been very vocal about this like we need to learn to control games better we need to not let the games run away from us not let them get transitional as much as we have done so far in the season and uh, it felt like we we were being a bit naive uh there and we will we'll talk about it when we get into the second half how this played uh into uh, the second half performance that we saw for a bit and I don't know uh, do you have any 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 comments any passing comments on on that incident and did you feel like there was a shift of momentum from that point on or did you feel like it was like irrelevant in the in the larger scale of things yeah I I don't I didn't understand it uh, I mean I don't know, sometimes Esther gets a bit frustrated and stuff. Um, and sometimes it's uh, sudden, like today we were pretty much in control and we were winning and everything. Uh, there was no reason for frustration. 
and I don't, I don't know. It wasn't really unexpected, but weird, weird timing. And I mean, I think that's our this is our third yellow or second. I I know we bought three uh, yellows in the first half. Um, and it's just I don't understand. Yeah, so instead we got second yellow. I've got yellow three minutes later. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't have much to say except that uh, I did expect it, but not in this game. I mean, the pitch is pretty terrible. I don't think they like playing um, an artificial pitch. <laughs> um, and the there was a lot of free kicks. Um, and like generally set piece um chances because well and it shows that there were a lot of fouls i think it was like uh 11 14 in fouls uh, 14 for us uh so yeah there was a lot of fouls in this game and it was a pretty uh, physical game but um to me the timing like in that exact moment was a bit weird um i mean if it was in the second half later on i mean you know we that we had to start uh you know kind of get into the game again after 15 minutes of break okay i would kind of get it but um you know they were in the groove and everything so um yeah that's pretty much that yeah so that is what uh, I wanted to say and the reason I say that this is a sort of uh, point where there is a small shift of momentum or a small swing of momentum for a bit because this comes uh, in the 39th minute just six minutes before half time uh, and until half time like from this point on until half time we have like one chance where Zornosa strikes the ball from outside of the box on, on a half volley and hits the post. Uh, good shot a good technique again like we know Zornosa can strike those balls from range uh, but from this point on like uh, like you mentioned there were like 11 and 14 fouls from both sides things started to get a bit a bit feisty I would say because uh, there were stoppages there were tactical fouls and there were like players players weren't holding back to like stop play uh, whenever they felt necessary it wasn't like a reckless and it wasn't a very aggressive sort of fouls but there were stoppages uh, multiple times and things started to get a bit uh, like out of control when when they shouldn't have we were in a two goal lead and we should have managed to like keep things under control and just pass it among uh, amongst ourselves and just see the game out uh, and try to hurt them and try to demotivate them by not giving them the ball but that didn't happen so that was it for the first half now before we move on to second half i'll just give you uh, a chance to add anything you have any other comments you have any other notes that you have uh, for from the first half or anything that you want us to talk about uh, I'll, I'll give you the chance to do that now for the first half yeah honestly i don't have anything else in my notes so we can just move on to the second half all right so that was it for the first half like Things happened, we scored twice, but overall it, 
if you look at the first half there wasn't like as much happening now the reason i mentioned the 39th minute and that foul uh and how it plays part into the second half we'll, we'll get into that uh but we begin the second half with a change uh so savava comes on and replaces ester ester uh now this meant that feller would play centrally and olga pushed up as the left winger and savava was in uh at left back again now that feels like an odd odd choice like you're replacing your uh, your striker you have a uh, a recognized striker a recognized number 9 on your bench who has been in good form this season as well who has been scoring of late as well uh, and has been like very impactful whenever she has got the minutes on the pitch but you decide to instead of like making a direct substitution where you take off one of your number 9s for uh, for another one on the bench what you do is you bring on a left back and push uh, <laughs> your current left back to the left wing position now granted like yes feller had a very good game uh, in the previous uh, previous fixture where she started off in the three uh, in the as a part of the front two in the 352 formation and she showed what she can do when playing off of another striker and how that uh, maximizes her movements and maximizes the type of runs that she wants to make but it felt odd i mean at least to me it felt odd that you wouldn't choose to bring on a recognized striker and would rather have a player who is like probably better suited as an inside forward uh, or playing off of another striker to play as the lone like a central figure i don't know it just felt a bit odd to me uh, i i'll take your comments on it i know like you were a bit frustrated about anaikari not getting uh, the start in the second half after that sub as well because uh, we know like the next uh, few games that we have it's against chelsea then it's atletico madrid and then it's psg so it's three very big games uh, so this was the perfect if you wanted to rest like your probably the main striker up in the, up in your hierarchy uh, with uh, ines there if you wanted to like give her a bit of a breather before this uh, very daunting run ahead of us you would rather want your other striker to possibly be in form as well and naikari has been in in pretty good touch this season so the decision to not have her but have uh, feller play as the number 9 maybe toril sees feller as a number 9 as a potential number 9 option that's fair but it, it sends some sort of a message to the player as well and will not get into like uh, speculating what it means or what it doesn't mean or whatever but it felt uh, like an odd choice um and we'll have to see how it pans out in the coming games and how much minutes how many minutes naikari does get in those fixtures and if she's uh, like preferred over over the other players uh, in those in any of those three games but yeah i mean it, it did feel odd to me what were your thoughts if uh, what were your thoughts if any about about that sub that change and how did you think uh, it was going to impact us uh, in the second half I mean, I was a, a, a lot frustrated. Uh, I was uh, frustrated 
frustrating um, mostly for that. Uh, and secondly, I was um, I wasn't really I didn't really want to see uh, Olga and Sveva uh, together again. We've discussed this, so I won't go much deeper into it. But yeah, as soon as I realized that this, uh, those two would be uh, playing together, uh, then it was just uh, rubbing salt uh, onto a wound, and I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's we can't really talk about like what does it mean, like wh why, um, why does this keep happening? Because it does keep happening. Um, but I, I don't know. I keep saying from the beginning, it seems that uh, he decided like a long time ago that uh, for some reason he doesn't want to trust Naikari for well big games but also i don't know what happened today i mean today was a pretty much random game no question to others uh but yeah i mean the you mentioned it like a couple of podcasts ago like why would you not um board your player that's been playing well uh because fella Pella got her reward, right? She's been she's been uh, showing form, and she got uh, more chances, like opportunities to play. And now she is, uh, you know, basically stat padding at this point. I think she has, uh, yeah. So it's three goals, yeah, three goals and one assist, uh, one assist in the last two games. Uh, so yeah, she's been definitely. Showing that that uh, showing the trust in her was good choice when as soon as she started showing form, and you know it it's paying off. It's paying off for the player and it's paying off for the team. Uh, so I don't know why has that never been the case with Naikari because it's not like Naikari was on and off this season. She was pretty, um, you know at the same level she was showing form she never dropped it it's just that she keeps getting less chances to show that she uh still has it um but yeah i mean might sound mean i i don't mean it <laughs> as like this uh but i mean if he showed a little bit of the trust he showed Esther, like he put her on the hierarchy as number one, like um, as far as number one uh, striker, so that's fair. But if he uh, showed even a little bit of trust that she showed Esther in that moment, that he showed, uh, if he showed that trust in Naikari when she has been playing well, like she got any kind of reward, I. I think it would have been better for her and for the team. I mean, it's never it's never bad to trust your players. Uh, I mean, we I already mentioned it with Stella, uh, and it's been going well for both parties, and and for the fans. So <laughs> pretty much three parties here included. And yeah, I don't want to go much deeper into it. Uh, you already know that I can I could I can and could and would. Uh, comment on this for a long time, but yeah, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yeah i absolutely know that it's frustrating for you to uh, not see naikari in the in the lineup but yeah that that's the thing like this is not a case against uh, esther and esther is is brilliant like we we saw her do, like in this game today we in the first half we saw her doing bits that you expect uh, like a number 9 to be doing like typical uh, in the box number 9 to be doing like we know esther has this tendency to drop ball words to just get on the ball <coughs> turn and uh, you know carry the ball from from deeper areas link up play and just just do her bit with the ball like she likes to get on the ball more than naikari does more than any of her options at the number 9 that she wants to be involved in the in the build up to the goals as well and today we saw that she can impact games uh in the boxes uh, in the box too like she has very good movements in the box she she is able to like create separation from a marker with her movement she is able to attack the right areas uh inside the box and it's it's not to the detriment of of uh of Esther that we want Naikari to start but like with with the games coming up you probably want like you probably want to spread your minutes between your first and second cho- choice number number 9 to have them both ready in case of any uh you know in case of any situation so yeah i mean that didn't happen well feller was playing as the number 9 uh when the second half began and this is where uh the thing that i mentioned why i pointed out the foul in the 39th minute were from as the root cause or or the origin about from where things start to get a bit feisty so again in in the 55th minute uh there seems to be a foul on on teresa and uh, things again start to get a bit feisty like teams uh they refuse to give the ball immediately and then there's like uh, misa comes running out of a goal and gets gets carded for dissent uh like for arguing with the referee which which was completely unnecessary for me i don't understand why she did it it wasn't like there was a fight breaking out or anything uh, that was that was unnecessary from her but that's that's where i felt like okay now they they are going to score i just knew at that point that they are going to score we are letting this slip away we are uh losing control on this game and guess what in the 57th minute Levante Las Planas scored. Not I I wasn't surprised at that. It, it was a pretty poor like defensive sequence from from us. Uh, Olga mm, tried to play a ball over the top for Savava to run into it was intercepted and then they that turnover was managed to they were man, they were able to get into the final third and our midfielders weren't uh, weren't like very quick at closing down uh, closing down their Uh, the ball carrier and uh, Levante Las Planas as number 6 uh, Garote played a very good uh, through ball in behind for Uribe uh, their number 7 who had made a very good run like brilliantly timed and very good like curve on on it uh, to get in behind uh, Sousa and Rocio had stepped up to close down the uh, ball carrier so Uribe got in behind got around the goalkeeper and before like she fell off she managed to slide it through and it was a goal for them and 
now the scoreline was 2-1 so we had not just lost the grip over the game for for that uh, brief period we have also let them get in the game and like half the deficit so it, it was weird like that is why i specifically mentioned that 39th minute foul because from that moment on it felt like things started to get a bit out of control and it, it's not ideal it's definitely not ideal for me as i want i mean i expect the team because we have the players i expect the team to have more control in these situations once we go ahead and that is what uh, is the sign of a of a really good team because not only do they know when to accelerate but they also know when to like decelerate and just calm things down and we don't have that with us yet so uh, that was that like it was one to just immediately like within the opening 10 minutes of the of the second half so uh, I, i'll pass it on to you and i'll take your thoughts about what you thought of the uh, of levante las planas's first goal what you thought of the defensive uh, arrangement and the defensive uh, positioning or or the actions that our players took did you spot any mistakes any any main culprit that you would like to probably highlight or what did you feel of those opening 15 minutes from from us in the second half yeah okay so about the goal um so i haven't uh, seen much uh, before the goal like i haven't rewatched it uh, so i haven't seen um a lot before the goal like um, maybe 20 seconds before or something but i remember that i noticed um a bit before uh, before the pass would be made uh i've noticed that Veve and Olga switched uh aka that Olga was a uh, behind Veve in that point so uh Olga uh, did end up as our last line of defense in the end um but yeah so basically that pass was made through um through the center right and it looked like Kathleen was marking um mar- marking Uribe and she just like stuck out her leg and uh, obviously failed to do anything <laughs> and then so that's Kathleen left out uh Uribe gets the ball and she basically like dribbles uh, dribbles Misa uh and i don't remember when anyone did that to me <laughs> um so yeah in that uh in, in that scenario in that uh, run Uribe did like the dribble sort of run um Olga was trying to stop her uh she didn't manage but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't any blame on Olga there um like it was the last to, <laughs> uh to blame there uh so yeah there was definitely some hope in there um i think that uh Sveva and Olga uh maybe 10 10 seconds before the pass or so like 10 five or 10 seconds before the pass i saw Sveva and Olga pretty much at the same line like they were um it, se- it seemed like they were confused like uh which one should go back and 
I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't rewatch. Um, didn't rewatch the entire action. Just uh, the goal. But it looked like that. Like uh, they they were confusing themselves, and then Kathleen just not uh, being, you know, doing her job at marking. Um, I don't know. I still don't know how much could have done there. Uh, to be honest, maybe uh, if she was more aware of it, then definitely uh, <laughs> she could have done it uh, more, and she could have probably stopped it. Uh, but it just didn't. It just felt like she was off there, like she wasn't much present. So um, her sticking out a light was the most she could have done there. And yeah, um, the goal didn't really surprise me. I mean, it, it, there were some moments of um, confusion. Um, like, I think I saw our players collide with each other twice in this game, and we keep talking about the collisions between our own players. Why does this happen? <laughs> keep happening? And uh, it's not like just about the collisions themselves, it's they're also showing that there's uh, still not enough communication there, like, and understanding, and um, I think think that uh, that like Sveva Olga moment I think that I mentioned um, might have been a factor there as well um, that kind of slowed down uh, our entire line of defense so yeah yeah so that that was their goal like in like we let lose of the game we lost a bit of control but uh, and immediately like after this this goal we make the changes we bring on Maite because we need control that is what we always try to do and that is what like makes sense because you want somebody who can uh, help you like retain possession who can help you circulate the ball so Maite comes on for uh, replacing Olga and uh, like Olga was the captain in this game just to mention that because Ivana wasn't there uh, and Olga was captaining the side uh, in this game and when she went off Maite was then the captain uh, of the side so it was pretty nice to see to see Maite uh, wearing the captain's armband pretty pretty cool sight <laughs> let's get into the game now uh, so Maite comes on for Olga and Maite is now stationed at, at the left wing but we know the way Maite operates, the way she likes to interpret that role. She operates in a sort of free role where she is like moving across the pitch wherever uh, the position is and offering her support wherever necessary. Uh, and that that was probably like what we uh, needed to do when we were when things started to get a bit out of control and when the scoreline was still at 2-0 because Maite would have offered us that control that bit of control where uh, when like they were starting to uh, there was a shift of momentum we could have just killed it with with uh, by retaining possession with the help of Maite because Maite will, will always offer for the ball, will always drop off wherever necessary and she will link up play, she will stitch up the play from, from the back and try to try to make wise choices uh, moving forwards. So Maite comes on in the 58th minute and then in the 65th minute 
we again restore our two goal cushion this time uh, it's Athenea who scores and in this goal there there's uh, a lot of stuff that is happening so let, let's start so it begins with like uh, Zornosa playing the ball a cheeky ball like she she opens up her body to probably like uh, playing a deception where like she it, it seems like she is going to play the ball out wide with her body orientation but she finds a cheeky little ball into Feller who, who like who makes a very good run into the channel and uh, and then she uh, plays it out wide to to Maite Maite is on the left wing uh, she she just touches it out wide to Maite Maite plays the ball inside again a low a low cross Veer is arriving there Veer takes a very good first touch and then she does brilliantly to just turn the ball and put it across the goal at the far post where Athena is free and she just has to tap the ball in and probably probably like time her run as well but the the defense from Levante Las Planas isn't that that good so they their lines are all staggered and it's it's pretty easy for her to beat that offside trap and she meets the ball at the far post and just scores it so a pretty simple goal but uh, a, a lot of moving parts did a very good job like the initial pass from Zornosa to find Feller with uh, in that uh, making that run in the channel then Feller's awareness to not like turn and carry the ball uh, inside the box but to play it out wide for Maite and then Maite's calmness to not lift the cross in and instead play a low ball in and then we're doing just what Weir can possibly do she arrives in the box takes a good first touch and before falling off she makes a very good ball across the across the goal where Athena can meet it and and that's that's the goal we are back with our two goal lead and maybe like from from this point on it became more of what uh, now we could do uh, because we have we, we had a player on the pitch now that that could help us control the game a bit more uh, we did not have a recognized left winger but we did not really need need that many we we needed a player that was able to like create overloads on the on the last line of defense uh, by like offering for the ball wherever necessary by offering us uh, an option to maybe provide for a central penetration and that is what Maite Maite did and it, it was a pretty good goal I, I felt like there was a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts that that needed mentioning uh, I'll, I'll pass it on to you Kanita uh, any any thoughts on the on the third goal that we managed to score uh well, yeah, it was. Um, I love the quick thinking uh, from Fela there, like nation, uh, right after Donosa's pass, like Maite, and I love the fact that <laughs> uh, the assist uh, was um, like, yeah, it was from Weir, but I love the fact that it was like a tackle assist. <laughs> she was she tried to get it in. Uh, in by tackling, uh, but uh, it found Atenea there. Uh, so it's even better, to, uh, honestly, because uh, there's something about these uh, tackle goals and tackle assists that and yeah, of course I want to uh, give kudos to Maite uh, in that goal because 
uh, it's her who got it inside, like she got it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, she, she, she got it back uh, inside the box right after uh, Fela uh, quick, made that quick pass and she saw the opening opening right there. And Maite is very, very uh, famous by her quick thinking and vision that's um, almost instant probably. Uh, so yeah, she gives it to Weir and that turn from Weir to the tackle and everything. I don't know. I just um, on the first, it, it might have looked messy, like on the very first uh, watch. Uh, but as soon as you see the replay, it was very very nice, and I enjoyed that goal. For me, it was a golasso. Um, even though the finish uh, was, you know, just Atenea being positioned there in the right uh, moment. Uh, so, yeah, I call it a goal also. I don't care what that is. Yeah, so that was our, our fourth goal. Uh, uh, that was our third goal, sorry. Uh, and this this goal is followed by a couple of substitutions from both sides. Uh, like Toletti comes on to replace Weir after this who picked up uh, another assist uh, to her name and she just continues to build upon her reputation and build upon her uh, uh, her stature at the club like she's so impactful that she she's almost like she's she's undroppable not even almost she's undroppable she she is the first probably the first name on the on the on the team sheet now and she's incredibly important for us Toletti comes on and I would like to mention one sub from uh, from Levante Las Planas uh, because she has history with, with Real Madrid. It's Esther, Esther Pozuelo, if I'm not pronouncing that uh, wrong. Uh, if I am, I'm really sorry about that. But Esther, uh, left back who played for CD Tacon and had some very good moments. Uh, I especially remember that... Uh, that derby game against the Madrid CFF where she like kick-started uh, the comeback with her crosses a brilliant crosser of the ball loves Real Madrid too unfortunately couldn't continue at, at uh, Real Madrid after the takeover was completed but uh, has has been at uh, Valencia before and now is at uh, Levante Las Planas she came on in the in the 70th minute and the reason I'm also mentioning this sub is because this is where Levante Las Planas decided to go back to a back four and instead of a 5-4-1 it was now a 4-1-4-1 or a 4-5-1 that they were operating in it didn't really like impact a lot of things for us but uh, for them it changed uh, quite a bit in the way they were now trying to attack and the number of bodies that they managed to have uh, between our midfield and, and defensive lines so that was that was pretty uh, good and it it was nice to also see like Toletti get uh, some sort of 20 minutes again to build up that sort of uh, momentum because of the of the run that we have coming up even though i would have preferred like this sub to be made uh, along with maite but uh, then we are produced <laughs> that assist for the third goal so can't really complain about that in hindsight but that happened and uh, then like there are a couple of attacks that we managed to get uh, like uh, Athenea is on the right taking on her players and trying to find some crosses in 
but there weren't like many significant uh, sort of impactful attack of note until uh, the 85th minute when we score our fourth and final goal of this game and it's feller again scoring in back to back games and it's it's also a very good goal like uh, it's again maite is involved maite plays a a very good ball from outside of a boot uh, to find feller who is who has again made that run into the channel that that is what she is very good at we discussed this in the previous pod as well when we were talking about her performance playing alongside esther and how it allows esther to do her bit and how it maximizes uh, or completely optimizes the way feller herself wants to operate because she wants to she wants to make those out to in runs she wants to make those runs from from the central to a sort of uh, a ch- into the channel uh, offering as an option out wide so she likes to do those runs and here maite does very well to play the outside of the boot pass to find feller making that run into the channel then she does very well to cut inside and then places her shot really well towards the near post and it's 4 4-1 real madrid and that's probably game over because it's it's the 85th minute and we have now a three goal cushion so it's very difficult to like for levante las planas to like come back from here it's pretty much game over that that goal seals it before we move any any further i would like to hand it back to you kanita if you have any other chances of note in between our third and and our fourth goal or like anything else that you would like to add about the fourth goal uh, now is the time and I'll, I'll let you do that uh, oh yeah so a uh, quick note <laughs> about the pronunciation so yeah ester martin posuelo and yeah i was actually uh, glad that she got um, to play like she played 20 minutes and i know that yesterday there was a there was an interview with us and she was as she was asked uh, how special this game would be well, she said that uh, the game against real madrid will be special to her and that she left because she wanted to play she didn't want to be on the bench so she left uh so yeah that's about there and yeah so uh yeah i the, the fourth goal was pretty clean <laughs> i mean you already um talked about it so i don't have much to say i the classical i mean it it wasn't an easy pass but made it look made it look easy then mini uh, dribble and then that finishing was top notch yeah Yeah so there weren't uh, like i mentioned there weren't many like sort of very good attacks happening uh, between our third and fourth goal uh, it became a bit like a sort of routine uh, that we were going through uh, but it wasn't like as as effective now the reason i stopped at that point was because in the 85th minute after that goal is done we make a double change naikari and moler come on for uh, replacing naomi feller and atenea now that's again uh, naikari getting like 5 minutes which uh, which seems a bit odd 
to be fair and and she did bits like in in the 90th minute she did uh, she made a very good uh, run into the channel again and she managed to play a good ball across nobody was there to meet it at the at the far post but that was uh, like she she was doing bits she was she looked she has looked sharp in whatever minute she has managed to get this season and that is why it's uh, it stings a bit more that she hasn't been as uh, like more involved and she hasn't been given as many opportunities as uh, she probably or her form probably has deserved and she has still produced that output so again 5 minutes a, a bit frustrating like yeah we can talk as fans that this player probably needs more minutes and maybe like we are all just speculating at this point but it must be frustrating for the player as well i would imagine but we'll have to see what torrell has in mind for these upcoming three games because i've i've mentioned it multiple times in this podcast that the next three games are going to be very important for us not only in terms of whether we manage to qualify to the knockout rounds in the champions league but also how we are able to like where we will probably finish in the league as well because uh, atletico madrid it, it's a derby game yes we have managed to shit house win we have managed to beat them at their uh, uh, we have managed to beat them at their home with a player down and stuff we have history with them that game gets a bit feisty atletico madrid are like they have made a lot of additions they have made a lot of reinforcements to their side so it's going to be a big game uh, and it's going to be an important one in terms of what it means for the league standings moving forward so that's there definitely uh, we'll have to see how uh, the team is used in in how the squad is utilized in those games but that was it like uh, i don't have much to add about the game itself uh, like nothing much happened in the stoppage time naikari had that one good sequence uh, but apart from that like for 5 minutes moler and naikari coming coming on like they didn't have enough time to like probably make a significant impact if you have anything else to add like towards the between the final sub and and the end of the game now is the time to do it or we can just move on to talking about the top performers and a couple of talking points from this game about individual players and maybe some selection choices moving forwards uh yeah i mean i don't have uh, anything concrete to say except for um in all our debates about naikari kind of mila was left out as well because she hurts even less minutes uh her role is even less known and just uh, i don't get it uh i don't um but you know what, what can i do so yeah that's that all right so that probably concludes the 90 minutes of actions we have tried to like uh, bring you as much insight as we possibly could uh, i really would like to apologize again if this pod is not up to the mark in terms of the tactical insights and stuff uh, there was a lack we were on a time constraint i mean i was on a time constraint and that is why we didn't have time to like rewatch the game but uh, i hope like it wasn't uh, it was worth listening to and from the next game on things will be better i promise that um, so just bear with us <laughs> for this one uh, so th- that is it about for the for the 90 minutes of of the game uh, 
so let's talk about uh, that something that i always like to do is highlight a couple of players from the opposition team who who had good good performances for just so in case you want to follow them or just so in case in 3 years when we are linked to some of the players that we probably once played against or if one of those players go big someday you know <laughs> that you saw them play or you heard about them somewhere so uh some of the top performers from from Levantelas Planas number one that i would like to highlight and she had a decent game i would say she wasn't the uh, like the real standout standout but she is a very talented player it was a uh, number 11 elena julve uh, i'm probably pronouncing that wrong again and i'm really sorry for that uh but yeah so she she is this very uh, nimble footed dribbler like she she is very good at carrying the ball she is very skillful and she is small like she she has a very low center of gravity so she is able to wiggle her way through uh, a sea of defenders and stuff uh the thing that she lacks uh, is her final decision making and her her passing ability she she's just 21 years old so like you know the spain has a lot of very talented under 21 attackers and she lacks final product so maybe like she, you won't see her being discussed as uh, one of the top prospects but when you watch her take on a player when you watch her carry the ball uh, through through a sea of defenders through very tight spaces uh, it, it's it's really she she's a very exciting player i feel like even though like she can be frustrating with with the final ball and with her decision making at times uh, she is a very exciting player like she she is quick footed uh, and she she's very skillful so it's it's really uh, a player that is very fun to watch one uh, like another player that really stood out to me in this game was uh, the right wing back or slash right back for for levantelas planas laia parera uh, she she is very like she is quite good when going forwards and in this game particularly uh, i feel like she was very alert defensively as well like especially in the first half where like she was making some good good uh, she was reading the play well she was cutting off dangerous play she was making good tackles and she was like identifying the uh, anticipating the ball really well and uh, identifying the time to step up as well so that that was really like i think this is probably one of those uh, performances from her that if you watch just this performance you'll probably think of her as a uh, like your judgment of her would be a little bit skewed Uh, this might not be like the consistent level that she plays at but she was very good in this game and deserves uh, a shout I, i feel like because some of the bits that she, uh, that she did uh, especially with her alertness in defense and uh, the way she like attack she didn't get much of the chance to attack uh, uh, initially in the in the first half at least she she's pretty good like moving forward she provides good support Uh, on the offense in on the overlap especially so that that was uh, really nice and i feel like she is a player that has the potential to like improve further uh, with a bit of uh, you know with a bit of uh, training with a bit of coaching and playing in the right system there there is a scope that her weaknesses can be masked very well and it can be she can be utilized in in the right setup and can 
can produce the goods for for her team both in attack and can be good defensively as well when provided with the right structure and supports around her because one v one defending is is a tricky thing when when judging players especially for fullbacks it can be even more tricky so the that's there like i i i think she deserves a shot for this game but uh, on a consistent basis uh, it's going to be interesting to follow her because so far like she has started all games i think 11 games or has featured in all the games and she is young as well so she has scope to improve and time to improve uh, pretty good player i would say like one one to follow that can potentially have a good trajectory moving moving forward another player and and the goal scorer for levante las planas uribe i i feel like she from the from the first half as well like i have it in my notes uh, where she was trying to like take initiative she she has this sort of tidy feet on her like where she can dribble her 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 way out of like incoming challenges for a bit but she lacks a little bit of balance on her carries so she is not the most cleanest ball carrier where like she is able to beat her marker and then carry the ball over the long uh, over long distance some of her touches are little scuffed but uh, in this game she she felt like she wanted to make a difference and she was always like taking initiative she was always demanding for the ball making the run then we also saw on the goal that uh, how well she timed that run how how quickly she was able to like uh, round the keeper and then score the goal so she she's quick on the start like she has good acceleration that helps us uh, helps her generate the separation from her player so it was good like uh, i think that was a pretty good performance from her as well uh that is it from my side about the standard performance from levante las planas do you have any players that really stood out to you kanita <laughs> yeah to be honest um no i don't have anything else to say that uh you didn't say like um i wasn't quite focused the opponents anyway today Yeah so those were the players that really like were the standout performers for me so you can probably like follow them through the season or see what their like stats are and stuff moving forwards um, or maybe do a mid season review or whatever these are the names that you probably should be following like Elena Zulwe uh, Uribe and and Laia Pereira so yeah that's from Levante Las Palmas and I think uh from our side a real standout like Esther had a good game the 45 minutes that she played she looked lively she was doing bits that a number 9 you expect a traditional number 9 to be doing she was uh she was sharp and she produced two goals so that's that's that I felt like Lucia also had a decent game where like she produced a very good ball uh and she looked uh She looked okay when coming up against uh, against Uribe in in the first half. Not the most assured, but like you could see that uh, if you give her minutes, if you give her more opportunities, like she is the one that we should be vying for moving forwards. But we will see what happens with that. And apart from that, I don't think there were many like standout performers. One thing that I would like to 
discuss and maybe like this is for the fans to like ponder upon as well on the on on the goal that we conceded today like it actually opened up a can of worms i don't know like i don't know how how to say it because uh we won the game it everything was okay like we lost control for a bit but we scored again so it's all fine in hindsight like we won we got the three points let's just move on to the next game but the double pivot of tere and zoronosa often is found lacking in terms of the defensive coverage that they provide because uh the recovery speed on on zoronosa is not great and sometimes like she is a bit uh lost positionally in terms of uh, on on transitions especially she is unable to pick her uh, marker very quickly so i think like it would be wise moving forward to like have some sort of rotation in that position uh and maybe try different combinations and see how how things play out because when when toletti came on today even after toletti coming on it was toletti who was playing as the number 10 for some reason for for a bit at least at least that that is what i have it in my notes and zornosa was still playing as the deeper midfielder which didn't make much sense uh, to me because zornosa is is like she is the one that can produce that sort of creative spark but she is also a player who is not well suited to be playing in those sort of tight areas like over the years she has evolved into this sort of different creator where she needs time on the ball in a sort of deeper area like uh, detached from the final third exactly operating in the in the opposition half but like a slightly farther away where she has the time to pick out her passes and she can pick out precise passes there's no doubt about that but she's a sort of deep creator uh, in in the team A- and it's weird like yes she offers uh, like she, uh, some of her switches are very good uh, she has the vision to spot the passes that many players would probably not but uh, in terms of what she offers on transitions you no know, on defensive transitions it it begs the question that maybe better oppositions will hurt us more about that and it's just like it's just something to like have have a discussion about have have a healthy debate about about what we feel uh, weighing her pros and cons uh, uh, especially when coming up against different oppositions with different strengths it it is going to become a significant factor uh, how how we deal with transitions and how well we are equipped to deal with transitions um, so yeah i mean that is something that i just wanted to add before we close out so yeah that is probably it i don't have anything else in my notes uh do you have anything else to add kanita before we sign off uh yeah i mean that last bit uh just reminded me that we have a long way to go to summer and i think in this fan base the debates about the renewals um keep getting more frequent even though you know we are not even at the winter transfer market so but yeah i just got reminded that there is a long long way to go until summer and 
of more uh, debates about the renewals and I'm pretty it will be very frustrating. So that is probably it. Uh, we have managed to do our best uh, with whatever constraints that we have had. Uh, once again, uh, sorry for the quality of the pod and uh, this time around. But uh, I I promise that the next one will be will be better. I hope this I hope this is like uh, insightful because we have managed to do our best. We have managed to dissect the game and uh, bring you insights that that are worth discussing. We bring you points that are worth discussing from this game. So that is about it. Uh, we will be back again uh, on the weekend where Real Madrid face Chelsea. In a Champions League tie, very important, uh, very important game for us, and uh, we'll pro- probably be hoping to get some sort of result because if if not a result in this game, then the PSG game becomes even more important. And now begin begins the run of three very important games before the end of the year that will be very crucial in in our prospects moving forward. So. As always, we'll be back again for the next game and Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid!